Welcome to My Strength and My Shield, a podcast about spiritual and self-care. My name is Nisi, and this is part one of a series I'm calling Identity Crisis. Thank you for tuning in to another episode and for checking into this podcast after yet another hiatus. It feels good to be back behind the microphone and back with each and every one of you. For those of you who've been reaching out on Instagram and on Tumblr, wondering where I am and wishing me well, I'm so grateful to you. And even for those of you who didn't send a message, but it crossed your mind that I hadn't been around in a while and that you're hoping that I was okay, I received that and thank you for those well wishes as well. I want to start off first and foremost by explaining a little bit about where I've been. As you know, this podcast is a passion project of mine. I do this in my spare time because I enjoy interacting with you guys, and I also enjoy the process of using my podcast and my blog as a tangible living document as I track the different journeys that I'm going through with my life. Anytime that I come to you through my podcast or my blog or any of the other social media accounts that I have, it's been with a desire to share what I'm genuinely going through. It was never my intention to just try to get a bunch of followers or to become an influencer or anything like that. I see this as part of my ministry. Yes, I am involved in ministry work through my church and the different boards that I'm on and the different affinity groups that I'm in. However, you know, I see doing this work and connecting with individuals and sharing the gospel and sharing how God is walking by my side as I go through life's journey. I see this all as ministry. It's never my intention to come off like I'm perfect because it's truly by God's grace that I have every blessing that I have. So I want to stress that moving forward with this podcast, I want to focus even more on sharing my lived experience. In order for me to do this podcast on a consistent basis, it has to be more than just me sharing how life should be or what you should or shouldn't be doing or just giving advice. It has to go deeper than that. It has to be an active part of my self-growth and my spiritual journey. I find that a part of the reason why sometimes I don't put out episodes is because I feel like I have to have everything together before I say anything. Like, I often feel like a hypocrite sharing what God is calling me to do when I'm actively in a season when I wasn't doing what God was calling me to do. Does that make sense? And that realization brought me to two points. One, that I need to make sure that I am doing what God has called me to do. But also, two, that I need to be more honest about the ways that I fall short. That means that while this podcast will still have the format of self-care and spiritual care with me answering any questions that you guys have sent in, I want to focus more on the big questions, life questions, God's questions, more than just the relationship advice or giving my perspective as an outsider on what people should or shouldn't be doing. I don't think I've ever come off like that. I don't think I've ever come off like everything was perfect and wonderful and glossy and shiny. And I don't think it's ever come across that I'm telling you what you need to do with your life. But I do want to go into this season with brutal honesty and vulnerability because I find that in transparency and openness, God lives there. God lives in that open and transparent space. When we put up walls and we don't share the times when we're struggling, it will give people the impression that just by being a follower of Jesus Christ, that life will be easier. And I'm here to share the testimony that a person can be passionately in love with God and married to someone else who's also passionately in love with God and still have those struggles. So before we go any further, I'm going to continue to do what I always do at the beginning of an episode, which is pray to God and invite him into this space. And I'm so grateful to have you here in this intimate space where it's me, you, and God. Dear Lord, thank you. Thank you for this moment that we're living in right now. 
Thank you for giving us the sound mind to be able to come together in your name. And we know that when two or more are gathered in your name, you are there. And so in the midst of all of us, in this little community that we have created together, thank you for being here. Thank you that this conversation is not just some offshoot or some casual thing to just discuss. Today, we're here to talk about the real stuff, the deep stuff, identity, and who we are and who you've created us to be. Dear Lord, for any individual who's listening and wondering who they are, I pray that you just provide them with the comfort to understand that even before we understand who we are, you know who we are. So in those moments when we're feeling low and we're feeling lost, it's so important just to turn back to you, not to turn to any of the other distractions that we can often use to make sure that we're not paying attention, but that we should really be turning to you, tapping into you, those quiet, still moments that we have with you, God, when there's nobody else around, when there's no one to see us and no one to put airs on in front of and no one to put walls up between, when it's just us and you. So dear Lord, I pray that you push us to have extreme vulnerability, radical vulnerability, the kind of transparency where we don't care what the consequences are because ultimately our openness will bring us closer to you. Sometimes that can be daunting. It can feel so messy to be so exposed and so honest and so open. But we know through our studies that no matter what we do, you are there to catch us. There is no circumstance that we're in that you cannot protect us from. So dear Lord, I pray that you wrap us in that warm embrace, that feeling of safety and security, of understanding that no matter what's going on in our lives, we have you. Remind us that we're not alone. Remind us that we are loved. And remind us that yet again, before we understand who we are, you know who we are. And that we need only develop a relationship with you to fully see who we are, independent of the things that have happened to us or the things that have been done to us. We are the individuals you created us to be. So I pray that you come into this space and you allow us all to come together with open hearts, open minds, open ears, and that you step into this moment, this moment where we're asking you, begging you, just reveal yourself and reveal more of who we are. In Jesus' name we pray. So just to start things off, you know, I do from the bottom of my heart just want to say thank you again for tuning into this episode. Whether you're someone who's new or if you've been following me for a while, this truly is a space that I'm using as daily praxis in the act of taking care of myself, mind, body, and spirit. This is not just something that I preach. It's something that I'm constantly working towards. So when I share my steps, I'm hoping that it's something that can resonate with you. And if you realize that you haven't been investing in yourself and investing in your spiritual growth and your mental health, allow this journey that I'm on to either guide you or inspire you or just be a companion piece to the work that you're already doing. So the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 verses 8 through 9, therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord nor of me his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and his grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. The reason why I wanted to start with this Bible verse is really just to start us off with the understanding that one of the most powerful things that we can do is share our testimony. We do ourselves a disservice when we don't provide space in our daily life where we can be heard. Whether that's going to therapy, talking to a trusted friend, talking to our partners, or just sometimes making a quiet space where we're audibly out loud talking to God. It is so valuable for us to make sure that we are heard. 
So again, I'm just expressing my extreme gratitude because this podcast is a practice in me allowing myself to be heard. And I just want to thank you for being a listening ear. So now down to business. The title of this series is Identity Crisis. There will be four parts all coming out on Fridays. I know previously I had put out episodes on Mondays or Sundays or someplace in between, but these episodes are going to start coming out on Fridays. A part of that is because I started going back to therapy and my therapy sessions are at 10 a.m. on Fridays. And I've made space in my calendar for, you know, in my work calendar so that I have a lighter work day on Friday. So for those of you who know that I'm involved in ministry, Saturdays and Sundays are not even really a day off because whether I am doing work with the church or maybe there's an event that I have to go to or another thing that I have to support, that's an additional layer of things that have to be done. It's a labor of love, but it's something that I have to you know, put into my schedule and that takes priority. So even though I'm technically working on Fridays, it's a lighter day. I'm in more control of my schedule. And so I allow myself to have Friday the day that I'm reflecting on the week and preparing for the week ahead. So by taking those space, you know, taking those steps to have Friday be a working day, but more of like a, a replenishing work day, a fulfilling work day, or one where, you know, I'm, I'm pouring back into myself because I'm, of all the reflection that I'm doing, I can make sure that I'm in the headspace to put out episodes every week. So in this four-part series, you know, there's obviously four parts, but this part is called The Big Question. The next episode will be called Back to Therapy. Then the third episode will be Back to Me. And then the fourth episode will be The Big Answer. So for, you know, so just again, the parts are The Big Question, which is this one, Back to Therapy, which is episode two, Back to Me, which is episode three, and The Big Answer. So allow me to nerd out a little bit. If there's one thing that you have to know about me, it's that I love cartoons. I would say about 80% of the things that I watch when I want to relax or I just want something mindlessly going on in the background, if I'm not listening to a podcast, it's going to be a cartoon. I'm currently re-watching the entire series of King of the Hill, but some of my other cartoon favorite cartoons are SpongeBob, I love Rick and Morty, I love Adventure Time, Regular Show, so many different cartoons. Uh, you know, even F is for Family is another love of mine. Bojack Horseman, I honestly could go on and on. But my all-time favorite cartoon of all time is Avatar The Last Airbender. I have watched that series at least seven times from start to finish, and that's not even including the days that I just rewatch an episode that I love. So even if you haven't watched Avatar The Last Airbender, this is still going to be relevant, but follow with me. But if you've watched the show, you know that there's a character named Zuko, and he's the fallen prince of the Fire Nation, and he's trying to reclaim his honor. He's a banished prince, and his father gave him the seemingly impossible task of capturing the last airbender. And on this journey, he has his uncle, Uncle Iroh, General Iroh. And there's this part in the show where Zuko's at a crossroad. He is so fixated on this desire to get the last airbender and reclaim his honor because that's what he's told he needs to do. That's what he has been told is the real way that he'll be able to, you know, reclaim his honor and ultimately live in his identity, live in his purpose. And so at this point in the show, Prince Zuko is about to do yet another thing that is a futile attempt to get the last airbender. Now, Uncle Iroh is saying, you know, what are you doing? You're not thinking this through. You're constantly doing things that you don't think through. And I think, you know, Uncle Iroh at that moment is seeing his nephew suffer because he's over and over again pursuing this idea of identity that hasn't been put on, that has been placed on Zuko, but isn't exactly how he feels. So he's constantly working and working and working, but he's not thinking it through because he's so desperate. 
He's so desperate that he's willing to do anything at the cost of his sanity and even his safety because he has to do this one thing. So, you know, at this point, you know, Prince Zuko says to his uncle, who's been trying to make him to stop, he says, you know, because, and like I said, his uncle is telling him, Zuko, you need, you have to stop this. And Zuko's saying, no, uncle, you have to stop. I have to do this. He says the words, I have to do this. And then Uncle Iroh says to him, I'm begging you, Prince Zuko, it's time for you to look inward and start asking yourself the big question, who are you and what do you want? It's time for you to look inward and start asking yourself the big question, who are you and what do you want? So this episode is titled The Big Question. And while it is inspired by that pivotal moment in the cartoon, the title, I feel like I've been on this journey to answer what we're going to call the big question for years. Who we are as individuals is directly impacted by the circumstances we've endured through life. And I've shared on this podcast in episodes before, but you know, when you've gone through tough moments or a tough life or have experienced trauma, sometimes the things that we do to protect ourselves and to save ourselves becomes our personality. And when you spend so much time protecting yourself or doing what you think you're supposed to do as a means of protecting yourself, but you're not really checking in, you're not really, you know, investing in yourself and stopping and saying, you know, is this really what I want? What can happen is that time will pass and you're doing things that you think you're supposed to do or you think is supposed to make you happy and it's not fulfilling or meaningful. Or maybe the things that you're doing are feeding into the soothing things that you need to deal with the trauma, but it's not actually soothing to your spirit because you're so focused on healing from the trauma that you're not allowing yourself to sit in the moment. You can find yourself feeling like you're going in circles, that you keep doing things and it doesn't make you happy. And it's, you know, even when it's what you're supposed to do, even when it's what you've been told is supposed to make you happy, you do those things and it's still not happy and you're still not happy. So for me, a lot of what I've been doing is trying to discover who I am and what do I want? That is the big question. Who am I and what do I want? I have shared on this podcast that I'm a public defender, which means that I'm a court-appointed attorney representing individuals who cannot afford their own lawyer. I'm really good at my job. And I think, you know, that I do a lot of good work with this job. I feel like I felt led to do this job, that a part of God's purpose for me is to advocate on behalf of others. So this job aligns with that supremely. But this job is exhausting. It is hard and it is difficult. And I can talk about this freely now because I have made the decision to stay but there was a point in time when I was looking for a way out and looking for another job. What was happening as a part of trying to find a new job is that it was becoming more and more apparent to me that I didn't really know what I wanted for my future. I felt like in different areas of my life, God was calling me to take steps and the uncertainty that I had about the future really came from not a lack of trust in God, but a lack of trust in myself. You know, when I took this job as a public defender, I was certain that this is what I should be doing. And it ended up being, you know, work. It ended up being so much harder than I thought it was going to be, to be honest with you. Vicarious trauma is real. Burnout is real. Diffing with dealing with tough, tough cases and tough clients and disrespectful prosecutors and judges, it's hard. In addition to having to work nights and weekends, it meant that my sleep was disrupted and my ability to be there for life's moments like vacations or birthdays or different holidays were always being disrupted by this job. So while I do feel like God did lead me to this job, at least for the way that 
it was unfolding in the time when I felt like I was in the middle of this identity crisis, it just wasn't serving me. And it was hard because I'm, I'm good at my job and I was getting constant praise for being a good attorney, but I wasn't happy. So this is what I mean when I say, even when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, what you feel like God has led you to do, what other people are telling you you're doing a great job at, when you don't know who you are and what you want, you can still feel uncertain. You can still feel like there's chaos. A part of my healing process has been to dig deeper and find out who I am. It is difficult to make decisions when you don't know who you are and you don't know what you want. Now, while this challenge of trying to find the right job or the right career, you know, in the midst of that, I've gone through different moments where I felt like God was trying to push me to really discover who I am and what I want. When I was preparing to get married, the hardest part of preparing to get married wasn't, you know, planning the wedding or anything like that. It was dealing with some of the childhood hurt, you know, of of feeling like I'm about to step into a marriage and I haven't dealt with the hurt of being a child of divorced parents. You know, there's a trauma in that. You know, it was dealing with the hurt of, you know, me being a woman who decided with our partner that we were going to wait to have sex, you know, once we were dating. But it was complicated by my own past and dealing with issues with sex and intimacy and violation and exploitation. It was dealing with the idea that I'm going to be somebody's wife and also, God's willing, a future mother, and then feeling this immeasurable moment of inadequacy and not feeling prepared for what God was calling me to do. You know, I've said over and over, the person that I identified the most within the Bible is Moses, who when he was called, the first thing he told God was, look at all the ways that I'm inadequate. There are constant times, especially when I was going through this identity crisis where I just felt inadequate. So that's really, you know, maybe two years of uncertainty, two years of, you know, going from this person who knew exactly what she wanted, exactly who she was, to just feeling very, un, you know, uneasy. So as God was taking me through these amazing, happy, fun moments, it was also like he was exposing to me why I needed to work on these unhealed parts of me because I would not be able to enjoy life fully if I had this weight on me. And the weight was just this immense feeling of inadequacy not feeling like I deserved or I was qualified or equipped. All I could see was how I was falling short and the things that I couldn't do. And I was going down this spiral that made it so when it was time for me to decide whether or not to leave the job, I didn't know what to do. I know that God was pushing me in a direction, but I, I just didn't trust. I didn't know how to put one foot in front of the other, whereas in the, in the past that had been so easy. So I interviewed at several spaces and I got several job offers, but I never, you know, I was always struggling whether or not to take it. And I ended up turning down a bunch of job offers, um, you know, and I was I was paralyzed by this idea that I didn't trust my own decision making. I felt like when I decided to go to undergrad or law school or even pick this job, I felt this spiritual conviction that let me know exactly that God was speaking directly to me. So let me be clear, even though this job is hard, that doesn't mean I don't think that I heard God. I know I heard God. I know that I felt God and I felt convicted. The lesson here is that sometimes God brings you to your purpose. That doesn't mean that your purpose is going to be easy. Sometimes we think that we know that we're living in our purpose because life has gotten easier and that's not true. Sometimes living an easy life, you are going away from what God has called you to do because you're settling or you're standing in one space when God is trying to push you to go on. So just because life is sweet or you feel content, that doesn't always mean you're living in your purpose. Sometimes you can be living exactly how God wants you to because he's pulling you through that struggle for a reason. So I just want to be very clear. Even though I was struggling with this job and struggling with some things, that doesn't mean that I don't think that I was exactly where God wanted me to be. I know that in this season, I'm exactly where he wants me to be. 
still dealing with some struggles, but I understand that God's ways are not our ways. So I see how he is moving me and molding me and shaping me, even if right now I have that unease because I'm not exactly happy with the job that I have right now. But, you know, as I was in this process of trying to determine if I was going to leave my job, so there was about two months where I was literally in this space where I doubted myself about everything. Some old wounds had been reopened relating to childhood stuff, family stuff, some old wounds about some of the anger that I still hold on to about the fact that I was bullied when I was high school, some old feelings of inadequacy, you know, deal relating to my body and my capabilities and how it looks and all these insecurities. Literally for two months as I was going back through this job hunt process, all of these insecurities, these insecurities that are not even related to me being an attorney, but were really just exposing to me how uncertain I was of who I am. I truly believe I was in an identity crisis. Identity crisis being a critical moment where you either figure out who you are or you fall apart. And I feel like I'm finally in the space of understanding who I am, independent of the things that have happened to me, but truly in understanding what I think God wants for me. And I say the word I think because I believe that our purpose and our goals can shift over time. So who God wants me to be as a girlfriend versus a fiance versus a wife is different. Who God wants me to be from a student to a law graduate to a lawyer is different. Who God wants me to be as um, a daughter who lives in the home versus a daughter who lives out of the home. It's constantly changing. Our purposes are constantly changing and growing and developing. So at this stage in my life, I do feel more connected to myself and understanding who I am and who I think, you know, what I think God wants for me. Okay. Now this series is going to be about unpacking. Un, you know, taking away those layers. If you think of like an onion, every layer that you pull back, you peel back. And the more you get to the center of what you're peeling, you get that raw, that rawness, that newness, that, that, that untouched part of the onion, right? If we're using that as the image, every layer you peel, you get to the, the, the part in the middle that has been untouched and unseen, right? So that's what I'm thinking of when I talk about unpeeling, peeling back the layer, peeling back all of the, the tough things that I've gone through and to find that, that me at the core, because I finally feel like I'm in a space of not just self-awareness, but self-acceptance, which is different. There's a difference between self-awareness and self-acceptance. I've always been a person who's able to articulate how I feel and why I feel that way and connecting the dots. Like I feel this way because of this, this, and this, and because of that. But what I've always struggled with is self-acceptance, accepting myself, loving myself, start to finish, up and down, left and right, inside and out. Now, let me be clear. I am a person who is very aware of my strengths and weaknesses. So how I function is, you know, I decide that I need to do XYZ thing because I'm good at XYZ. And I don't need to do XYZ because I'm not good at it. That's the way that I typically function. I do things because I'm good at it and not necessarily in terms of like a praise and accolades, but it's just like those things that are easier for me. I'll just, you know, do the things that I'm good at, right? But I'm finally in the space of not, you know, not just being aware of my strengths and weaknesses, but investing in cultivating spaces where my strengths are amplified and my weaknesses are both accepted and also things that I can work on. That's the space of acceptance that I'm in. I amplify my strengths and I either accept my weakness or I accept that I'm empowered to change those things that I'm, I have as a weakness. I finally feel empowered to create the life that I want instead of just mustering just enough energy to go through life one day at a time. The way that I have functioned previously was I went to law school because it made sense. I did such and such because it made sense. I did things because it was logical, right? 
I realized that I never asked myself, did I want to go to law school? Do you want to be an attorney? Will being an attorney make you happy? I don't regret going to law school, but I do regret not having this conversation before. Now, mind you, I went to law school in 2013, and it's now 2021, and it pains me that it took over eight years to really sit down and think, Nisi, what makes you happy? I have been a person who's achieved, 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 or worked, 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 and I've just done things, and I've never challenged it. I realized that I, I didn't challenge anything. I didn't stop and say, what makes me happy? And, and that's the space that I'm in right now. So I hope that you can, you know, as you're going on this journey with me, ask yourself, what do I want? Who am I and what do I want? That's the big question that we have to answer. And while who we are is constantly changing and evolving, you need to know who you are at your core. So when you do have to make these big life decisions, you can move forward with confidence, not doubting yourself or I can't even make a decision because I don't know who I am. When you know who you are and you're rooted in that, it's a beautiful thing. So the job is just one aspect of the identity crisis. I think my inability to make decisions about that specifically exposed me to the fact that I had gotten so out of touch with myself. I no longer trusted my decision making. But what I realized was my decision making was based off of what made logical sense, but I wasn't acting in a way that was devoted to the fullness of life and experiencing the richness of it. So here's the big question that I'm asking myself, right? Who are you and what do you want? To the question, who are you? In the past, I would have said, I'm a Christian, I'm a lawyer, and depending on the time, a wife or a girlfriend, a sister, a friend. Now, to that question of who I am, who I am is a warm, generous, loving person who loves God and loves connecting with others. I'm creative, I'm passionate, and I'm committed to living a life where I pour out what God has poured into me. For the question, what do I want? I would have said in the past, stability. You know, because that's all I've really wanted. Stability, security, and safety. But when I realized over time, what I realized over time is that wanting those things, stability, security, and safety, that comes from a place of trauma. And it comes from a time when there was a lot of instability and I felt insecure and I felt unsafe. So now I'm in a space where developing what I want comes not just out of those fears, but comes from what I believe God is showing me that he wants for me. So what do I want now? I want to live a full and rich life, a life that I can be satisfied with and proud of. I want a rich and full life with my husband. I want a rich and full life of travel and new experiences. I want a rich and full life with space for me to be creative. And I have learned that creativity is so important to me. So, so important to me. I want to challenge you, you know, and I want you to challenge yourself after you finish listening to this episode, to make the time and the space to sit with yourself and ask yourself the big question, who are you and what do you want? I want you to push yourself to answer who you are, not just from your relationships to others and what you do with other people or for other people, but truly examine who you are when no one is around, when you have no responsibilities or obligations to anybody else. And when it's time to ask what you do want, I want you to push yourself to answer with how you genuinely feel. Not what you think you should say or what you would say in a job interview or what you would say so you don't sound selfish and you don't get judged. Say what you actually want, not just in terms of what you could ask for, like houses and cars or anything like that. It's like, I'll give you another example. It's like when it was time for my husband and I to plan our wedding, um, and I'm a little type A, so you know I actually enjoyed the wedding planning process. 
Um, I've said over and over again, if I wasn't a lawyer, I'd be an event planner. Um, so I enjoyed the process of organizing and having a vision and seeing that vision come to life. But before we even started the wedding planning process, I had created this document and its whole purpose was for brainstorming. So, you know, I had everything from, you know, different colors. So rather than asking my husband what color he wanted, I created a collage of colors that were like jewel tone colors, um, bright colors, and then pastel colors. And then I just said, you know, which one do you like? Or, you know, we had a list of the absolute things that we must have and then the things that we didn't want, right? So basically I made the document and then my husband and I cracked open a bottle of wine and we talked about not the, the specifics of the day, but the vibe and overall how we wanted things to be, you know? That's what I want this process to be for you. Not just a specific laundry list of things you could ask God for, right? You know, God isn't Santa Claus or a genie. You know, sometimes it's not just enough to just want stuff, right? So just listing the house or the car, that kind of stuff, the material things, that's not what I'm asking for. I want you to look at your life overall. And when you answer the questions, what do I want? I want you to ask yourself, how do you want to feel? What would make you feel accomplished and satisfied? What will make you feel seen and valued? What are the spaces you can go to where you feel celebrated and enjoyed? Think of your, your life overall, and when you answer what you want, don't describe perfection, but seek fullness. At least that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get to the place where my life resembles what I actually want and not what I think I should want or what people tell me I should want, but truly a life that reflects a person understanding who they are and what they want. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 33, for God is not a God of confusion, but of peace, as in all the, sorry, and as in all the churches of the saints. In the past, I would have read this Bible verse and seen it as a combination of the things that we can do in our own lives to, you know, that adds to the chaos. And, you know, over and over again, we can do things and we're, that are chaotic. And so sometimes in the past, I've read this Bible verse and seen it as an indictment against ourselves, right? That, you know, God is a God of order. So if you're in a place of chaos or confusion, you need to just get right, right? You just need to figure yourself out. And that's to see it from a judgmental perspective. But if we read this Bible verse without the, you know, judgmental aspect of it, so reading that verse now and understanding that what God wants for us is peace. So I see this Bible verse as a gentle reminder that when things are out of order, we deserve the time and effort and energy to get us back to a place where we don't feel confused. It's a reminder that God did not create us to be in a constant state of confusion and anxiety. So it's up to us to get back to the center. And it floors me how much of the Bible really talks about things like anxiety and stress and confusion. And we are told that a part of that is investing the time into our spiritual growth and our relationship so that we can get back to our center. So this is me doing the work of adult me, you know, wishing, you know, giving the adult me what I wish child me would have had. This is the work of me not dismissing the fun parts of life because I think at a certain age I'm supposed to do X, Y, Z thing. This is me trying to get out of the confusing place and trying to figure out who I am to get to the peaceful place of making decisions that comes from a woman who is confident about who she is and what she wants. And that, beloved, brings us to the end of the first part of our series. Thank you so much for walking with me through what is an unconventional episode, you know, a little bit outside of our norm, but should be the beginning of a beautiful journey that we're going on together. I don't promise that at every episode there's going to have a perfect reflection and resolution and solution, but what I can promise is more honesty and openness and vulnerability. 
I'm also hoping that by putting out these episodes on the same day that I have therapy, that you guys will catch me in these raw, open, honest moments so that I can be truly honest and vulnerable with you guys and not just put in, you know, the together version of me, the cleaned up version, the Sunday version of me, right? Sometimes there's the messy us on Friday and that messy part of me deserves space too. There may be times that what I have to say is deep and profound and eye-opening. And there may be other times where you're just hearing the raw emotions of someone trying to go through life. And either way, I'm just, I'd be so happy if you just stuck with me. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and follow me at uh, your sis Nisi on Instagram. It's Y-O-U-R-S-I-S-N-I-S-S-I. It'll be in the show notes. And also feel free to follow me on TikTok at your sis Nisi as well. This is a new thing. <laughs> um, I haven't put up any videos, um, but I was truly inspired the other day. I was in the middle of getting an MRI, which is its own long story for another day. Um, but I was inspired to begin posting. Now, I'm a person that loves watching TikTok, but I haven't put up any of my own. And I didn't just want to put out TikTok for the sake of putting out TikToks or creating content. I wanted to be intentional and purposeful. So as I'm going through this process of working on the other side of what I would call an identity crisis, I came up with the concept of being nice to myself. You know, I spent a lot of time as a kid beating myself up. You know, I've had other people pick at me and I realized over time that that mistreatment, I've internalized it and that had become my inner monologue. That used to be my inner voice. All the mean things I would say, I, I realized it wasn't me. It was just like the leftovers from the mean things that have been said to me over time, you know? So what I want to do is I want to be nice to myself. So on TikTok, I'm going to start sharing things called, I think it's, it's either being nice to Nisi or just nice to Nisi, whatever it is. I'm Nisi, obviously. So just me being nice to me. So I am going to just put on TikTok those moments when I decide that I want to be nice to me. Sometimes that might look like a, you know, a morning prayer. Sometimes that might look like, you know, going through a walk through the botanical garden. Sometimes it might look like cooking my favorite food. And one of the things that I will tell you about me, I love cooking. I love it. So if that's anything that you're interested in, if you just want to join me on this journey of me being nice to me, you know, you know, feel free to follow me on TikTok and see the different ways that I decide to you know, just be nice to myself. So check out the show notes for, you know, on iTunes and on SoundCloud for just links and more ways that we can stay connected. And I really just want to encourage you, especially on Instagram and TikTok, these are great platforms for us to engage and continue the conversation. So I'm so happy for those of you who have joined me. And for those of you who haven't, what are you waiting for? It's all free. <laughs> um, but thank you again for listening all the way to the end. And until next time, take care of yourself, beloved. Mm-hmm.